Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who he's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. We want to talk today about taste. And when you think about taste, you're also thinking about appetite, you're thinking about food, you're thinking about um, uh, what you like to eat. And um, most people don't know, because when you see me, you don't think that this is the case, but I love to eat. Okay? That is like one of my favorite things to do in the whole world. I love, 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 love food and all kinds of food, right? Now, I was picky when I was growing up, so I had to be um, encouraged to try things, you know. And when somebody knows what they're doing and they cook good and stuff and, and all that, you know, it makes it a lot easier for you to give things a try. But eating and taste are so integral in our survival. And a lot of times the things that are most healthy for you are the things that don't necessarily taste the best. So what we try to do is we try to add sweeteners and things like that to certain things because it needs to taste good in order for it to have a chance to get into your system to nourish you. So when you think about eating, you're not thinking about, oh, the vitamins that are coming through that food first, unless you're, you know, been trained that way. When I know me, when I'm thinking, I'm not thinking about, oh man, this is going to be some protein. This is going to be some fiber. You know, all these nutrients are going to make me feel good. No, I'm thinking, man, this is going to be savory. Oh, can you get that gravy? Oh man, that's, this is going to be rich. So there's an interesting story that, that I wanted to kind of just open up with here. And it's Matthew 4, 2 through 4. And this is the English standard version of the Bible. All right. And this is a very familiar, uh, familiar story here, but I just want to read this, these couple verses just so, so we can have some spiritual background. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Talking about Jesus. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Okay, many of us may, may, may know the story. This is Jesus right before he comes into public ministry. Jesus goes on a consecration of sorts and he goes into the wilderness and fasts 40 days and 40 nights, not eating anything. Okay, now anybody ever fasted before? We know that you could not have eaten anything. So once you are deciding to fast, that's when you become the most hungry. I don't know if anybody, I mean, there's that's when you crave oh. the most unorthodox things. Yeah. <laughs> things yeah. that you would never think about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I'm not really a breakfast eater. Like to me, because breakfast, the window for breakfast is a very short window. Right. So for me, if I don't get up at nine, by nine o'clock, by 1030, breakfast is over. That was the window for me. But if I'm on a consecration or if I'm fasting, breakfast can go all the way to one o'clock. All of a sudden, I need to have breakfast. I want to have an all kind of breakfast that I don't even usually eat. Hash. I want some hash. I don't eat hash on a good day like that. But, oh, I just want this. But it just speaks to the fact that if our appetites or um, our desires are not controlled, right, they will begin to change 
even our routine. So things that we would otherwise not pay attention to or not desire, once you start trying to put parameters on those things, it will start to fight you back. So this is Jesus here, son of God in the wilderness, and he fasts. And the Bible says right after he fasts, he was hungry. And right when he was hungry, that's when the tempter came and tried to tempt him. When you think about taste, you also have to talk about appetites. Mm -hmm. You have to talk about those desires that we have that need to be gratified. Uh, when you think about tasting, it's, it's almost like a sensual experience. It feels good to eat something good. Like sometimes you feel like it's a physical embrace. I don't know if I got any people who love to eat as much as I do. But when, when you have like a, a, a craving for something and you actually get it and you sit there and you eat it, you can just about lose your mind just <laughs> in just pleasure, just eating like this. So because tasting things have such a compelling influence on us, we must also be more aware of ourselves when we are that open. So if Jesus can be tempted, so could we. There's a misnomer here where, oh, because I was tempted, I sinned. No, because the Lord was tempted. The temptation is not to sin. It is yielding to it and allowing it to lead you to indulge in things that are not pleasing to God is what does it. So tasting is not necessarily experienced the same in the animal kingdom. Okay? So animals like cats and, 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 and lions and all those types of animals, they eat for the purpose of survival, right? So if you do the research and you, 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 can, you can look up some, some things about them, it was very interesting. A lot of them don't experience taste the way we do because they're just eating for survival and their diet comprises of one food group mostly. So if you have carnivores, they only eat in protein. So in that, they're not, it's not seasoned. They're not putting, going and, and right. putting it on a, you know, they just, they just get the animal. That's it. Okay. It's just, this is a cow or whatever. Okay, fine. That's what it is right now. It raised a question to me uh, about why God created us with the ability to enjoy what we eat. That he made eating an experience for us when it's not the same for, for the rest of the animal kingdom. It also showed me the fact that not only do you have taste buds on your tongue, but you also have taste buds in your intestinal lining and taste buds in your stomach area. So you actually have taste buds and sensory to experience taste throughout your body as it's going down, which is where you get your cravings from. So you think about it. Why would God make us this way? And when you look at it and you look a little deeper, your sense of taste, because it's a full body experience, these taste buds inside your stomach and your body actually let you know what it's, what it's craving, so what it needs. So you have a taste for steak. That could mean because you have iron deficiency. Mm -hmm. Or you have a taste for certain vegetables. You may not know the nutritional facts about that particular thing. You just want a burger. You may not know that you are dehydrated or whatever like that. And you're just craving something fresh. Like, I just want a salad. I just want something crunchy. I just want to... Oh, I just need some water. I just want something. But a lot of times it's those inner working taste buds that are inside your body that are telling you this is what you need. So our appetites can be dictated by what we need or what we want. When you're hungry, sometimes hunger just translates as I'm just hungry. Mm -hmm. And your mind may tell you go get an apple, but 
your flesh tells you, I want a piece of cake. Yeah. So it's which one do you listen to? Do you give into what you know you need or what your appetite wants? Yeah. And that's absolutely right. Because now your taste becomes that like filter, right? That your taste makes your mind and your body kind of fight each other, right? So some people say, well, you know what? Uh, we only live once. I want that cake. <laughs> but your, your body is like, well, you're you going to pay for this cake later because what I, I wanted to eat something. You wanted cake, but you need fruit. See, you, you, you want something sweet, but there's a war between what you want and what you need. Mm-hmm. And this is where the whole idea of taste comes in. Where when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the things of our lives, when it comes to decisions that were made impulsively, it is an all-encompassing experience in that many things affect the decisions that we make. So some people eat, we eat for various reasons. Sometimes we eat just because we just feel like eating. Other times we eat because we're depressed. If taste is the decision maker in what I allow into my temple, if taste is the guard If taste is my first line of defense and filtering for what I am bringing into my body, then my taste must be governed by something that's going to edify me and not destroy me. Right. Now, I know there's a correlation between the sense of smell and the sense of taste. And we talked about smell last time Mm -hmm. um, as it relates to it. And they really go together. And I know, you know, Rach has an incredible sense of smell she smells everything it's like a superpower that she does so because of that heightened smell she also has a heightened taste so i remember when we first uh, started dating and going out you know together years and years ago (laughs) yeah many years ago and I, i remember i think it was at her parents house one time there was something in the refrigerator that wasn't wrapped correctly right so it wasn't really wrapped up right. It was put in the refrigerator, but it wasn't closed all the way. So when she ate it, she was able to name what else was in the refrigerator by what she tasted and what she smelled from it. Now, I don't know if anybody can experience that, but for me, it was a very eye-opening experience because I thought I had um, been in a relationship with some type of X-Men or somebody <laughs> that has, because it's like, wow, this is crazy, right? What? what? Is there garlic? Who left garlic open in this refrigerator? <laughs> And she's, she's tasting the butter that way. Like the butter that you use to put on the bread. She's like, why does this butter taste like meat from last night? So our sense of, <laughs> our sense of smell, our sense of taste can, like in that example, affect our willingness to try something again. Mm-hmm. It can become a deterrent, but it also can become an invitation for a repeat experience. And just to add to that, Mm -hmm. you don't often think of taste as being um, protecting, but just like the other senses that we talked about in the past, your taste is set up so that you're able to, your body automatically is able to detect Mm -hmm. things that you shouldn't be eating. So things that may have gone bad or sour, things that are bitter, sometimes things that are poisonous, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you... The only way of knowing, like I know, um, you know, certain plants and certain berries, you'll know they're bad because they're bitter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's put in place so that we automatically know, stay away from that. That's not good to eat. Right. That's not for you. That's detrimental to your health. And or this is OK. Right. Mm-hmm. So bitter is always equated with danger. Yeah. Whereas sweetness is something pleasant that we would gravitate towards. So I thought it was interesting that, you know. 
that's that's put in place as a defense mechanism exactly. to protect us. Exactly. Exactly. So what we consume, like you said, is is connected to our taste buds and what we're willing to pass through mm-hmm. that that first line of defense mm-hmm. and what we're consuming and just like we always say not just natural because you know we're saying you know we're talking and referencing the natural aspect of eating you know mm-hmm. but it goes far deeper than that Way deep. so if you could have spiritual eyes and a spiritual lens to look deeper what you're consuming is dictated by your taste and what you're allowing to pass through. There's a scripture in Proverbs um, that basically says, a full belly loathes honey, mm. but something that's bitter is sweet to somebody that's hungry. So mm. based off whether or not you're hungry, that might dictate what you're willing to pass through your mouth and what you're willing to accept and call sweet when in actuality it's bitter. So again, just assessing your taste buds and seeing what's, passing through and why it's passing through 100 percent. so because taste is such a pleasurable thing like like we if it tastes good then, then there's no question we bring it taking it in what would help us to be able to temper that um that temptation to be out of control and a lot of times it's seeing the need for something better right so some of us may you know have illnesses that we are living with or things like that or we're looking to lose weight, or we have been told that we have too much of this in our system, or we need to, we need some more of this, or whatever. We're just getting older, and we just want to be healthier. In order for you to be healthy and have a healthy state of mind, your tastes have to be disciplined, right? So then there's a level of denial that has to happen where I love the taste of cake and pie, but if I continue to eat cake and pie, I may die. So I need to learn how to temper my taste so that I'm able to better have longevity and enjoyment of life. But the human body is very interested in that. It's going to try its best to warn us about things that we shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, go, it's going to try to warn us like, okay, that tastes good, but don't you think it's too much? And so in the spirit, it's the same thing. The Bible calls us and the Lord calls us a temple, Right. And in so many words, it says we are what we take in, right? So if our appetites are not lined up with righteous thoughts or heavenly thoughts or even positivity, then what we allow to pass in to take into our system will end up contaminating the temple and causing us to not experience the goodness of God as it really is being displayed to us. Psalms 34 and 8, and it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, that's interesting, right? Uh, It didn't say, listen to hear that the Lord is good. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then the next phrase says, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Now, what does that have to do with each other? Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's interesting that the Lord and the Bible would use the terminology for taste because it's almost like it, 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 it's presenting to us the opportunity to experience God in a way that would possibly bring us pleasure. Because for us, not like the cats and the lions and the tigers and all them, they don't experience taking in food the way we do. God has made it an experience for us 
so that we can even decipher the nuances and even add to the taste or take away from the taste of what we're taking in. Why would God make it that way? And he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Even in a climate like this, right? God is challenging you to taste him and see that he's good even in this climate. Taste and see that he's good even in what you're going through right now. God is saying, I am good all the time. And if you can't see my goodness, if you can't hear my goodness, if you can't smell my goodness, if you can't feel my goodness, I want you to taste it. In doing research, one of the most interesting things that I found out about taste was the fact that we can perceive something like 10,000 different types of tastes. Hmm. Which, you know, you all, you just think, okay, sour, sweet, salty, bitter, and, you know, the most recent one, umami, you know, that, that unctuous, oh. like, really just yummy taste okay. that a lot of things have, right? Mm -hmm. But there are so many different, like, I guess, receptors, you call them or whatever, that allow you to taste things on so many different levels that each person is individual and distinct, right, and unique. Uh -huh. So I can taste something like cilantro and absolutely love it while you taste it and it tastes like soap, you uh -huh. know? That's the thing. Everybody has individualized, distinct taste buds or receptors, whatever you call them. Uh -huh. If God is good, he's good to me because of the way I'm experiencing him. But the way you taste him is completely different. They're uh -huh. both good. And we're both experiencing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But because our receptors are so unique, I can experience something totally different. And my experience can be totally different than what your experience is. But they're both good. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting that yeah. you know, we can naturally taste so many more flavors than what we would normally just think of when we think of taste. Yeah. And that's really good because each of us has our own preference. So for right. instance, like I like, I tend to lean towards citrus flavors. If something has a citrus flavor, you just put a little lemon juice or on or whatever like that right. or undertone, you then you up. got me. You got me. It's good. You got me. And all of us have these experiences. So now this is how we taste the Lord. When you come to a knowledge, understanding of your need for God. Now, why do we need God? Well, um, there's various reasons why we need God. The first reason why we need God is because God is our creator, right? And there's an innate need to understand where you're from. You are, there's an innate need as a human to understand what the source of your being is, right? And because, because God created us, also understanding the aspect of God's character in that God is holy. God is perfect. God is sinless. We are not. So in order to approach God and have relationship with God, we must have a, a, a means by which we can connect with God. Our ability to connect with God came through accepting the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross to allow us to be able to have fellowship with God who is perfect, who is holy. That's the whole salvation thing, right? So that's our need for God. Now, tasting God is experienced in a natural sense this way. You have a problem. Right. Notice what happens to this world when tragedy hits. All of a sudden, everybody's going to pray. Right. Praying is a way to taste God. Fellowshipping with godly people is a way to taste God. Seeking God's face is a way to is a way to taste God. Reading the Bible is a way to taste God. Being real about your own self is a way to taste God. 
Being a blessing to someone else is a way to taste God because you, your, your ability to be a blessing to someone actually ends up blessing you. All of these things, and the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. Everything good in this life that we have experienced, the love, if you know what it feels like to be cared for, you tasted God. If you know what it feels like to be forgiven by somebody when you've done wrong, and you apologize and you felt forgiven, that is tasting God. All good and perfect gifts come from God. So tasting God has got to be at a level where everybody can do it. The word taste in that, in that passage, mm-hmm. it, it means to perceive. That's good. So, That's good. So then I thought, well, what does it mean to perceive? Like what it, what it, when you perceive something, what does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. So it means to become aware or conscious yes. of something. Yes. To come to a realization or understanding. So then that tells me that it was always there, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get something that has always been available to you, but for whatever reason, you never wanted to taste it mm-hmm. because of your own prejudices or because someone else was like, don't taste that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's nasty. nasty. Yeah. Don't, you're not going to like that. And so you don't eat it until one day you decide to just try it out and you taste it and you're like, this is good. What it ain't that bad. About? Right. You, you, you came to an understanding or a revelation of what it really was, right? And so now it becomes good to you. Mm-hmm. The same thing with God. You know, a lot of times, you know, we, we're presented with a lot of different options. And with, there's temptations to eat other things when there's something right in front of you that's presenting itself as an option. But you, you just keep passing over it until you taste it that one time and realize I, I, if I had a tasted this all along i could have been enjoying like you know you and fish right oh yeah so for a long time he didn't he didn't eat fish right until it was presented to him and i kept saying yo you got to eat fish it's good there's plenty of different ways to eat fish and it's good and so finally he tasted it and he decided okay this is good Uh so now it's something that you can enjoy and consume but the, the the point is the option is always there Mm-hmm. But it's whether or not we choose to take advantage of it and, 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 and we choose to perceive or, or come to an understanding of something that's there. He's presenting himself as the option for you. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not you consume him or something else, that's on you. But the option is there. That's so good. That's so good. And just to piggyback, because uh, she, she threw my experience um, out there for y'all, the fact that I was, um, I was opposed to fish. And the reason why I was opposed to fish is because I had a traumatic experience as a little boy. Uh, we were eating fish, and it had bones in there, and I actually was choking on it. And from that moment on, I decided fish is not good for me. And we can look at that in a very um, broad sense, that many of us may have tried God, may have tried church, may have tried this whole thing, and, and, and you were traumatized by it. So you have created a judgment on it based on that experience. And you have closed the door to the possibility of, hmm, maybe this can be presented to me in a way that I might like it. Remember what we said before with the taste buds. You said this, babe. All of us have millions of taste buds, but we tend to focus on the main ones. But God is incomprehensible. There's so many intricate tastes. I'm sorry, but when when you eat and you take your time, if you just inhale... You'll only taste the surface flavors, yeah. right? But when you take your time and you reference like going on, I mean, I've never been on a wine Taste tasting. Testing. Wine testing. I've never been, you know, wine tasting, but I've seen enough of it, you know, on television, on the Food Network and stuff to know that you have to take your time and you mm-hmm. engage, right? Your sense of smell, mm-hmm. you whirl it around and then you 
take it and you swish it around in your mouth. So you take that time to mull over, mm -hmm. to meditate, right? Like, just like the natural, yep. so it is in the spiritual. Mm -hmm. You take the time, you consume it, and now you take the time to meditate, Mm -hmm. To let it penetrate, right? Mm -hmm. And to go deeper and deeper. And so that you're able to get all of the nuances and the flavors and the different undertones and the different overnotes and under whatever they, you know, I don't know. No, you sound like you know what you're talking is. about. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like taking that time to let it marinate and get deep down in there for you to be able to pick up everything you're tasting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the taste that we are supposed to get from the Lord is goodness. Now, if you don't taste goodness, it's possible that you haven't swished it around in your mouth long enough to find the goodness that's there for you. We're in a pandemic right now. Doesn't really look that good. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on right now. Doesn't really look that good. But God is saying he's good. Okay. So that means the responsibility is on me to... Take my time in tasting what's supposed to be so good for me about this season. Well, there's some good things about it. We're still here. There's some good things about it. We, we were able, some of us can work from home now. Some, some of us have been able to spend more time with our family. You know, some of us have, have gotten closer to God because of this situation. Some of us have prayed more. You know, some of us have been able to be a blessing to other people because we realize, man, it's bad for me, but it's way worse for them. So there's a challenge here that the Lord is laying out that in every season of our life, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and wait till it's evident. That's like taste and keep tasting until you can see that he's good. And the amazing thing, like you said about even with the wine tasting and all that, and I haven't been either, but, you know, just watching them swish the glass around and smell and, and talk about it. Notice that they could now speak to what they tasted in more detail. How can we get people to see God in a new way? We that have tasted Lord and have become good at tasting the nuances of God's presence and the nuances of his character can now speak to more people and be able to explain God better to people who just church ain't enough. How can I speak to the fact that my child just died? How is God good in that? Well, I can remember when I dealt with death. And because I tasted and saw God's goodness through my own tragedy, now I'm able to remember and relay a, maybe a taste that y'all, you know, something about grief is, you know, there's healing in grief. Now that is giving somebody else an opportunity to taste a piece of God that they wouldn't have otherwise. That's good because that comes with maturity, mm -hmm. right? So as a child, you may not like dark chocolate and oftentimes, right, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, because it's, it's, bitter it's bitter to you, mm -hmm. right? But as your, your palate matures and, and becomes sophisticated, certain things that were once not, and it makes me think of the scripture in Peter where, you know, he talks about like, uh, at one point, you know, you were drinking milk, but now, mm -hmm. now you're, you're ready yeah. for meat, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, you have matured and become able to process mm -hmm. and digest more, yeah. I guess, developed flavors. Yep. The same thing, you know, goes with the spiritual, you know, we... At one point, we were taking baby steps and eating, and certain things didn't taste that good to us because it didn't taste good going yeah, down. Yeah, that's right. But the more you mature and grow in God, things that you consume 
start to taste a lot better. What you start reading and 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 digesting in it with his word mm-hmm. becomes better to you. It, it becomes it, it feels better going down because now you've matured and gotten to a place to be able to appreciate the taste that comes with it. Hundred percent, and I think that beautifully ties back into what we said before about it going down. That you, when you eat something, your body is tasting it all the way down, and that's where that sensation of being full or satisfied comes from. Satisfaction doesn't come from your mouth; it comes from your system. So, if your body has been craving something, if your spirit has been craving something, and this is why we always talk about like there's a void. You hear that term that there's a void that money can't fill. And there's a void for God that, that certain things can't fill. You can look at that in a physical way in that there's sometimes you have an itch or a craving for, to eat something. And that thing won't go away until you satisfy that. And we're thinking about this in the spirit. Many of us have been searching. We have been searching spiritually. We have been feeling low and empty for a long time. And we tried things in life. We had relationships. We had experiences. We made money. We did whatever it was. You got that thing that you always wanted. You got that house or whatever your thing is, but there's still a void there. And nothing is going to fill that spiritual void until the right thing is put into that void to fill it. So having our appetites more available to the goodness of God will cause us to be able to now have an opportunity to have that void satisfied. And sometimes it's not a running around, fall out kind of thing. Sometimes it's kindness. Sometimes it's empathy. Sometimes it's knowing that somebody thought about you. And it's just simple things. And see, God is very complicated, but he's also very simple. He's so simple that it's complicated. So finding God, tasting God can be just as good as today as we're on here sharing this time together. We're having an opportunity to taste a perspective of God that we haven't seen from a sense that we're used to every day. And just as important as our taste is in sustaining our life, that the the sense of taste is probably the most important one, the one that we cannot live without as human beings, because it is essential to life. The reason why it's essential to life is because we need nourishment. And the nourishment that we need has to bypass the screen door of our taste buds in order for us to take it in. So if we're not taking in the things that we need to survive, we're not going to survive. So it's very interesting that that is the truth in a natural sense that's even more true in the spirit. That your spirit man is designed to live forever in peace with God. But if our appetites are about what we can get in this world and focus on our own thing and focus on gratifying ourselves, we will gain the whole world and then be lost because we were not made to gain the world. We were made for communion with God. So I'm prayerful that the things of God would become more pleasant to our taste. I wanted to leave us with the thought, you know, when you read in scripture, God's word is always compared to sweetness, right? Mm -hmm. Especially honey. Yeah. And one of the most important things about honey is it actually has antibacterial qualities. Mm. So there's healing elements in honey, right? That's why you drink it when you With tea you, you put it in yeah. your tea and, you know, you can even put it topically to help heal as sort of like an ointment. Mm-hmm. So 
again, keeping in mind the fact that God's word is equated to sweetness and honey. Psalms 119 and 103 says, how sweet are your words to my taste? Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Mm-hmm. Just keeping in mind, like our taste buds consuming God's word that's sweet mm-hmm. and letting that be the healing element as it's going down to heal whatever is ailing us yeah. internally. You know, bitterness is equated to suffering, right? Versus God's word that's equated to sweetness. So we have a choice. We can either take the cup of bitterness, which is suffering, or we can consume God's word, which is sweet. Mm-hmm. And so that's just something to keep in mind as we think about yeah. and meditate on our taste. Yeah. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this session. We thank you for speaking to us once more for communing with us once more god we thank you we appreciate you we love you god lord we ask that in this coming week god as we prepare to uh go throughout our daily busy lives that you will bring back to our remembrance what you've spoken to us god remind us of our tastes and the critical importance of our taste and and its impact on what we consume and what we intake. Oh God, I pray God that you would align our taste buds to be able to crave and consume what that, which is good. Yes, Lord. Your word, which you called sweet, right? How sweet is your word to us? Oh God, Mm. it is like honey. Help us to really truly consume and find out how sweet and how good you really are. Yes. Help us to taste and see yes, that you are good, God, in every area of our life, oh God. And not just this sense, but Lord, as we have visited every sense, bring back every sense that we have discussed and meditated on. Help us to constantly meditate on it. Bring it back to our remembrance, our sight, our hearing, our smelling, and our tasting, O oh God, and how you are intertwined in each and every one of our senses, O oh mm. God. We lift them up to you, God, and we ask that you would anoint them afresh, God, yes, so that in this season, we will be able to perceive you and only you, mm. so that our focus and our purpose is aligned in this year to your will. Yes, We thank you and we praise you for being God in our lives and sitting on the thrones of our hearts. We pray that you would continue to give us grace for the things that we cannot change. We pray that you continue to show us mercy for when we fall short. We pray, God, that you would continue to give us added favor to obtain the things that we cannot on our own, God. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've been blessed by what we shared. You can follow us at Sunday Devotionals on Instagram and like us on Facebook, where we can continue our discussions and keep in touch. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.